Welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast from Wales Online. Hello and welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast by Wales Online, brought to you by Gulliver's Sports Travel. I'm Ben James and today I'm joined by our rugby writers, Simon Thomas and Andy Howe. Hello. Good morning, chaps. It is still morning. Yeah, here we are in the post room. We've moved location and all around us are the angry letters written about Andy Howell's articles. Oh, he comes out with all your your jokes just because we're in a dungeon. Uh, It's a good job he's on a rack and pinion, isn't you? I feel that's where our podcast has come to now, we're in the dungeon. Uh, We've got plenty to discuss. We've got the small matter of two Welsh derbies this weekend, but to begin with, got the big news of the week, and that's the Wales squad. A few surprises in there. I'd had a, I'd had a little message just before it came out. Someone, who I guess, must have heard something about the squad, saying to me, "You're going to have a few stories to write." And that person was correct. I mean, it's quite funny because the way the squad comes out now, it's it's on a list on a kind of a tweet from the Welsh Tribune, and you're scanning it ferociously. To, so you kind of look for the, the asterisks for the uncapped players. But it, it's quite hard because you then got to look for players that aren't there, which is <laughs> is it alphabetical which way it was. So it took us a, like a few seconds, <coughs> a few minutes to work it out. We eventually saw the five uncapped players, which we'll talk about. And then uh, the, the key things, there were, there were probably a couple of absolutely surprise inclusions and a surprise omission. Surprise inclusion, first of all, the biggest one really is Sam Cross. You know, that was his first competitive regional match for the Ospreys against the Saracens at the weekend. He's obviously, you know, achieved a lot in rugby. Silver medalist at the Olympic Sevens. But in terms of 15 aside, I think previous to that, his last competitive outing was for Newport against um, Cardiff. And it was Cardiff, actually, on, on, on Halloween 2015. So it's incredible. You, you know, you've completely gone away from 15 aside to focus on Sevens. Fairy story, he wasn't even supposed to be involved against Saracens. Only only starts it because of late withdrawals, first by Lydia and then Tipperick. Has a great game, has a little altercation with Austin Farrell, scores a try, does really well. Fairy tale stories in the Welsh squad. So that was the big surprise one, exclusions wise, Andy, Scott Williams, um, and also Thomas Young probably. Well, I wouldn't say Thomas Young, I would say no, Jamie Roberts Captain Wales yeah. in the summer. 90 odd caps. Age then I thought was less of a surprise. Not less surprise. Hang on a minute, he's only thirty. He's younger than Alan Wynne-Jones, Jamie Roberts is still 30. So I I was surprised after how well Wales did in the summer, the leadership he offered on, so I was surprised they, um, they ditched him now. But actually, it was an even bigger surprise in midfield than our Scott. The omission of uh, Scott Williams, who of course is uh, younger than uh, Jamie, played uh, last season ahead of Jamie after the Australia debacle. And, um, uh, you know, he can play football as well as carrying the ball up. So to see him not in a squad at all, that really did uh, uh, um, um, shock me. Uh, and it looks like the Wales, last season they uh, toyed with uh, changing their style of play, about a 10-12 combination. Looks like this time they are really going to go for a, a football at, uh, at uh, number 12. So they've got options there. Owen Williams has played a lot at 12 and 10. Could even try uh, Reese Patchell there. He has played for... Uh, uh, for Wales in Japan a few years ago in that uh, position for a large part of the match so he's an option you've got this, uh, young Owen uh, Watkin who can play um, 12 or, um, or, or 13 so they, uh, so that's going to be the most interesting selection uh, for me come the match with Australia at the start of the uh, campaign is who plays 12 I, I did a little poll of my own on social media just people giving their thoughts I asked who should play at 10 who should play at 12 and the interesting answers were 10 Reese Priestland and how times changed yeah, exactly. the, you know the flack he got from the Welsh public but I think people recognise how well he's been playing for Bath 
and the 12 option narrowly was Owen Williams. So that would be certainly a very different looking midfield to what we've been used to over the years. Um, now that Andy's touched on this whole thing, Warren Gatlin came out yesterday and, and said that there's a move now in rugby to having a 10-12 dual creator option. We saw it in the Lions tour with Owen Farrell and Johnny Sexton ending up together there for the last two tests. So Gatland used it there, Gatland and Howley used it there, now they're looking to use it for Wales. The interesting thing is for about two years we went through a period of saying oh Wales need more creativity at 12, they need a pass of the ball, a decision maker and they were crying out for Scott Williams to be that person and yet when he's come into the Wales team Scott has in a way been playing more of a carrier, carrying role. Um, yeah, but you can. You just cannot pass the ball, can you? Every time you get no, but the you've point got I'm, to get over the game. The point I'm making is that they, they're saying that he's, playing, he's playing Jamie's role. Isn't yeah, the point I'm making is that they're saying they now want a creative twelve. But doesn't Scott Williams not fit into that mould as well, a potentially should, creative should, twelve? Should fit into it because he is a creative player. That's, yeah, that's the bit I find a bit know, confusing. Not only has he scored some vital match-winning tries for Wales in uh, big games he's a good passer he's very creative and he's created stuff with his little kicking game as well so, so that's the bit that confuses me a little bit that he seems to be in a way what they're looking for now and yet as they move to a creative 12 he loses his place but the, there we the go. other thing about creativity and you know, they say the game has moved there was this more um, sort of a uh, creative style you've got to have the players to be able to do that you've got to only pick a team you've got to you've got to play to your strengths and uh, you know it could be argued in recent years Wales really haven't had the many uh, skillful and creative players to play in the back line so the so-called uh, Warren ball was actually the best approach for Wales mm-hmm. at that uh, at time because it's like the old famous Barney Pool team in the 1970s just total forward power waste of time giving the ball to their backs if you give the ball to their backs they would have lost, lost a lot more matches yeah I mean it's not point going for creative 10-12 if you're not going to play creative rugby so let's see what they come up with who would you go with 10-12 against Australia and who would you go I would uh, I would start with bigger because I thought he uh, even though the Ospreys have not played and played well till recently uh, even um, I would I thought he had really good talk for the Lions was unlucky <coughs> to miss out on a test so yes. I would stick with bigger to start off and uh 12 is really uh, interesting. I think I would uh, give Owen Williams a chance because he has played a lot of rugby at uh, 12. Let's see uh, what he can do in what's going to be a really tough uh, test against the Australians. Australians are on the, uh, on the way up. Well, they're playing Kirkley Beale at 12 at the moment, aren't they? You know, I think that's showing the way they're going. You know, he's a creative player. Yeah, but there. Australia have always had a creative 12, yeah. haven't they? You know, they never... but I, think he, I think he's been playing really well at 12 for Australia, you know. It's fascinating. I mean, I like the look of Owen Watkin. You know, when you consider how long he's been out, you know, he's played 16, 16 you know, for the Ospreys. The whole of last season, virtually, out with a serious injury. He's come back. Maybe I think it's just his second start of the weekend against Saracens, and he was outstanding. I Can thought. you be serious all about throwing him in against Australia? Well, it's the kind yeah, of thing Gatlin's done is, before. Is, no, isn't that's he? why he's picked Sam This Cross. is the thing, isn't it? Like, you look at all the inside centre options, and it's the first time in a long time, I think none of them have any credit in the bank with Wales. So it's really, it's one of those occasions where it's really going to come down with who impresses in training the week before, isn't it? No, he picked George North probably on less regional appearances than this. He picked Cuthbert on very few regional appearances. He's done it before. If he has a boy in his environment and he thinks, yes, this kid's got it, well, he'll want to start sooner rather than later. Because the whole point of this autumn campaign they're telling us Whereas last year it was about getting World Cup seasons and rankings. Now it's about building for 2019. If you're going to do that, then the Owen Watkins of your world you yeah. and the Seb Davises of your world, you want them in sooner rather than later. Don't forget with Owen Watkins, he has played a 13 a lot as well. He's well, not just 12. He's Where do you 13, think he's better? Yeah. 
Well, well, well ben, Benjamin, young Benjamin, just said he's only played 16 times to the Ospreys. We haven't seen enough of him yet. He looked very good. Uh, he's a 12 against Clomont and Saracens, wasn't he? Yeah, he looked really good. I mean, you know, he didn't look out of place in that company. He, he, he's quicker than I thought. I've been mean, watched him. You know, he, he can beat a man. He makes good decisions. I, he's a strong boy. Yeah, he's, he's very much the future. Definitely. And also, there's uh, sticking with the centres. Let me just ask Simon, who we play at ten. That's a good point. Yeah, he's, uh, me. Point. I've always, I because I want. I might be biased because I was out on that Lions tour, and I thought Daniel Bigger was absolutely outstanding there. Uh, he's done, in my, in my view, nothing to be dropped. So I would go him. You know what? I would take a punt with a win lock in at 12 with the experience of Bigger and John Davis either side of him. Yeah. I mean, with, uh, yeah, with Reese Priestland, he's back <coughs> in the squad. Reese, lovely bloke and all, fantastic and all. But of course, there will be uh, question marks over his temperament at international level. That's the thing that's held him back in the uh, in the past. After he, uh, you know, he had a really good spell with Wales, and then he faded, <coughs> and uh, and you know that that was the the problem really. Where bigger is really strong uh, mentally. Um, Reese perhaps is uh, is not quite such a powerful character. Well, Gatton said this himself, didn't he? Yeah. He said he needs to stop reading social media and stop listening to what people say. And Simon, as you know yourself, that's hard to do. Very hard to do, Andrew. <laughs> and of course. As he pointed out, that you know it has probably affected uh, Reese Priestland's confidence in the past, and he is a very much a confidence player. Gatton was saying how you know going away out of that goldfish bowl has helped him at Bath. The question is now he's thirty years old himself, coming back in. If he was playing for Wales again, and a couple of things went wrong, and people started getting on his back, but I mean, you can only you know you can only pick on a current form, and on current form, we saw last weekend against the Saracens, he controlled the game really well deserves to be in the squad um, it's a big call personally as I say I would, I would start with Bigger because I do think he's done exceptionally well on that Lions tour and, you know really he was unfortunate there's so much good competition there with Sexton and Farrell you know but um, uh, it's a nice choice for Wales to have nice options absolutely uh, speaking of midfield options there's one midfield option who won't be available until the South Africa game and it's causing a bit of a stir I think on social media that's Hadley Parks what do we make of that well I'm very disappointed. I, even though I rate him as a player, I'm disappointed that Wales have picked a New Zealander, who I believe is 30 years old, picked a New Zealander ahead of a Welshman. You know, Is he any better than Scott Williams? I'm not sure. The teammates at the Scarlets, there's a bit of a, sometimes, you know, there's Anish Jonathan Davis, you know, there's a variety of combinations there. Um, okay, Simon might argue under the rules, you can pick these uh, foreigners, but I don't think it sends out a really a good message to uh, Welsh players. Uh, you know, he's a good, solid player. Is he going to be a top of the uh, line international player, or is he going to be another chainsaw, Brendan Laney, the Celtic Kiwi, who was a good player but didn't have the pace for international uh, that is a blast from the past. That is. Uh, so that, that's you know, is Pax quick enough for international rugby? Not quite sure. And is he the sort of outstanding? Uh, import you want to to go with, perhaps go in a Wales team then you know I wouldn't have so many uh, reservations there's two things for me I think we've all agreed for a number of years now a long while that the three year residency rule wasn't fit for purpose it was too short uh, World Rugby have addressed that now it's going to go to five but that won't be I think until 2020 after the next World Cup so we are where we are with the existing rules for now under those rules Hadley Parks becomes available for Wales in December 
Will he benefit and add to the Welsh squad? Yes, I think he will. He's been outstanding for the Scarlets for three seasons. Just very rarely makes any just mistakes, good decisions, good ball handler, breaks the line. He just adds something and he, all, he always contributes to the Scarlets. Now, you could turn around and say it's wrong. On principle, it's wrong. But obviously, every other test can play in country in the world does this. So, you know, unless we are turning around as a Welsh rugby union and saying, right, we're not going to pick anybody on residency, you can do that if you want. But unless you're doing that, you pick the best players that are available. And I think he deserves selection on form. I would personally also have had Scott Williams in there, right? Especially as Parks is only available for the last game. But I, although I have issues with the three year residency rule, I don't have issues with the selection of Parks because that's where we are at this present time and I think he has merited it in terms of his contribution in Welsh rugby and how well he played well that, that just though, just shows the fast which is international rugby isn't it it's like club football look at all the well, foreigners me then no. <laughs> <laughs> look at all the foreigners who are playing for, for England who had the temerity to criticise accuse Wales of poaching uh, Welsh players from England basically um, you know it's a fast international rugby the rules and all the residency thing should uh, five year uh, should be brought in uh, from January the 1st not 2020 they said uh, uh, because you know no disrespect to uh, Adley Parks he's going to play for he might get play for Wales probably will when his time ends or in Wales with the Scarlets what, what's he probably going to do go back to live in New Zealand uh, to me that's wrong Living in New Zealand? <laughs> <laughs> Not living in New Zealand. Yeah, in New Zealand. Oh, yeah, it's a fantastic place. Well, I don't blame, I don't blame yeah, him. I, yeah, I don't blame him. But, you know, let's face facts. He's a New Zealander. Not a Welsh guy. Yeah, I don't know where to go after that. Um, so, from one player who... Uh, trying to think of a segue off the top of my head. One player who's uh, not born in Wales and could play for Wales for the next few years to a Welsh-born player whose international career could be over by next year. And that's Reese Webb. He's been included in the squad. What do we make of that? I think it's right that he's in the squad. Um because you know, over the last two, three years, he's probably been, he's been the best Welsh scrum half, um, and I think you can look at it. Yes, he's not going to be available for next season because of the policy selection policy, and he's going to Toulon and not having sixty caps. But I think it would be harsh on him to miss out on what could be his last season in international rugby, and he and he contributes a lot. I mean, you have got this; you still got the situation where you've got Gareth Davis there and Ali Davis, who are like next two camps off the rank. Now you could have gone really extreme, not picked Reese and maybe brought Thomas Williams in as the third one to bring another one through. But I, I think if he's, it goes back to the same thing: he's eligible, he's available this season, and I think he will contribute. And he disagrees; he's putting his hand. He's got his hand up. Well, it's immediate contradiction, yeah, because Gartner said we're building for the World Cup. If they're building for the World Cup, they should not pick Rhys Webb this season because he's unavailable for the World Cup as it currently stands. The only reason I can see to pick Rhys Webb this season is to have him in camp and try and work on him, hope he enjoys it that much, that he can find a way out of his Toulon contract. Well, if you're building for the World Cup, shouldn't be involved. If you want to win games, should be involved. Well, politically, it's interesting, isn't it? Because let's be honest. Gatlin doesn't want Reese Webb to be unavailable. He made, he's made it very clear at the press conference this week that, he, yes, he was consulted about the cap number and he, 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 he gave the viewpoint that 70 was too many, ended up with 60. But in terms of the overall policy, in terms of the way it was implemented with people who had already uh, signed contracts, Webb and Bigger, being caught by it, he had no involvement in that. He made that very clear. It was a Regents and WRU decision. He wouldn't ideally like to have Webb for the World so, Cup. 
So how big a part of the regions have to play in this new policy? WRU and regions joint policy. I mean, it was very much a two-way thing because obviously the whole point of the policy is to try and strengthen the region so inevitably the region is going to be pushing for it now Gatman wants that would like ideally to have web available for the world cup and it was interesting when he was asked about it what happens if you uh, paul reese the guardian i think asked the question what happens if there's an injury crisis to scrum half for my warren and he said well i would hope that common sense would prevail but it made the caveat to that, but other people would have to agree, i.e. the WRU and the regions. Now, I, I don't think that the union is of a mind to bring exemptions in now. It's the whole p- problem with Gatlin's laws, it was seen as having too many loopholes, too many get-outs, they're going to stick to this. And I suppose we do have quite a lot of strength, I think that's scrum half. I just, I don't see, while he's at too long, that Reese Webb will be able to play for Wales beyond this season. Now, whether he decides to see out his full three-year term at too long, he's made it clear he's not backing out of it. He sees his future is too long. Fair enough. I mean, a fantastic, you know, life-changing amount of money he's got in there. Um, but it does as far and let, well. I mean, you can always be proved wrong, but I think it'll be the end of his international career, the end of the season. I take Andy's point that maybe we should leave him out of the World Cup, but I think as one of three scrum halves, you might well see Gareth Davis now starting. That might be the situation, yeah. and you, you increase him and then get other people's time. Gavin said he spoke to Reese Webb to talk about the situation, and having done that, he decided he was going to have him in the squad. Coach's call. Yeah, but if Webb's in the squad, you might as well pick him because he is the best scrum half. Well, there we go again. <laughs> Another, more silence. It's tumbleweed moments <laughs> yeah, today, isn't it? It is. Uh, we'll just touch on the other two uncapped players in the squad. That's Leon Brown and Elliot D, the uh, two Dragons front rows. You're going to speak to Leon, I believe, aren't you? Yeah. Yes, afternoon, Leon, <laughs> top lad. Yeah, it's his birthday tomorrow as well. He'll be 21. 21. And isn't it remarkable he's been picked in his squad while he was just 20? As a tight head prop. You know, how unusual is that? He's a, uh, he's a man mountain. Was he, he from? 6 foot 2, 17 stone 8. Apparently he's from Newport. Newport he's a Newport boy. lad. Lives yeah. down uh, near Tradiga Park. Right. He's from, used to play for St. Uh, Joe's uh, yeah, uh, at age grade uh, rugby. Uh, been learning his trade with uh, um, cross skis. Um and you know he has come on a lot. I would say this season since we had Bernard Jackman at the Dragons was giving him. Uh, he's had more chances. They've been pushing him. I watched pre-season friendly against uh, Glasgow, and uh, I can see since then he's got better and better each game. His work rate is improving in games. He's carrying. He's making tackles. You know he's work in progress. I think he's in the squad. Um, whether or not he get a game this autumn, I don't know. But I think Wales want him in there, working with him because he could have a if he can, you know, he could have a big future. Well, the other two tight heads are Samson Lee and Thomas Francis, who've been the tight heads for the last couple of years. Now, of course, I, I presume that Thomas Francis won't be eligible for the final game against South Africa, which is outside the window. So you, I would imagine what they would look to do would be give Leon Brown some game time against Georgia and then with a view to him being on the Maybe bench. off the bench, finish. I would say. No, it's interesting, Andy, touched on him being so young. You know, we're in a very fortunate position at the moment, you know, with props. I mean, we went through years, basically, we were saying, God, if Adam gets injured a tight end, where are we going to go? If Gethin gets injured, where are we going to go? All of a sudden, we've got a real raft of good young uh, props coming through. If you look in the tight end, We've also got Dylan Lewis, yeah. who did well in the um, summer tour, played well against Toulon, gave the scoring pass from Macaulay Cook of the weekend. He's he's another one that's on the fringes. Azarati at yeah, the Blues. Yeah, Dylan's been a victim of the Blues not picking him enough. Azarati as well at the Blues, who's one of the reasons that Lewis hasn't exactly, played yeah, so much. Yeah, so there's yeah, another yeah, youngster. And you've got these kids, and you've got good youngsters. The loose sets coming through Nicky Smith, obviously. You've got um, Domachowski at the Blues. So we're really well blessed. It's a good point Andy makes about Bernard Jackman because he came in there and he identified Leon Brown who's had fairly limited Dragons opportunities in the past 
And what he did, he actually moved Brock Harris, the South African, across from the tight end to the loose head and said, right, Leon, he's the, he's the, he's the he's tight end. And it's yeah. great. He's given him his opportunity. He's great around the field. Boker, I mean, I saw him play, I think it was the game against the Southern Kings. And you know, he just, horrible night, but he just carries and he's strong and he's abrasive. And he's learning the scrummaging art. I think Gatlin said, you know, he's working there. But at the age of 20, 21, you'd expect that. He's the future at the tight end with other youngsters coming through. I think it's just great, I think, to see the production line continuing. And it's good to see Elliot D in the uh, squad. He's another yeah. uh, top lad. Both of the pair of them uh, cracking lads. Uh, and Elliot has been, you know, like he missed most of our season. He had three ankle operations and a nose job. Uh, now he's back this season again working with Jackman. Uh, Gatlin has been a fan of him for a good few years. People are saying he's going to play for uh, Wales. Ross Elliott, he's quite tall for the hooker, really gets round the pack, got a bit of vision, loads of skills, some resolve loads of this season, uh, being subline, knows his way to the uh, uh, try line, and by gosh, does that boy want it? Um, Gatlin emphasises his work rate as a big factor, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I think um, I mean, he's man of the match two games this year for the Dragons, and he, he is just into everything. Again, Gatlin said the one thing probably needs to work on is scrimmage and the set piece, maybe. Yeah. Um, now, it was interesting because a hooker again is a very competitive yeah, position. Yeah. Ken Owens is obviously established, and then beneath that, you've got uh, Ryan Elias, who was in on the summer well. tour. Ryan Elias, you know, uh, hasn't made it. Dacey obviously missed, has missed a few games to start this season. He's been well. Uh, it was interesting, and I was chatting to a few of the Blues this week. I think Christian was realised he needed a big game at the weekend. He was made captain against Toulouse, and he was immense, actually. Really, really impressive. And we've got him there. And he and had a hell of a battle, didn't he, with uh, D? Elliot D. Who's uh, Dragons game? It's good. I mean, it's a re- again, a really, really healthy position. The more you go through the squad, the more you're seeing this, where you've got like a couple of established players and then youngsters now pushing through yeah. behind them. It, 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 yeah, 2019. Yeah. That's where we're going, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, of course. Of course, Lion King, Simba's missed out the Dick Spencer. Oh, here we go. Here Scott Baldwin. He's, uh, he's got the nicknames, really. Of course. Windows. those... Uh, picture of his hand the damage that lion did it was quite horrific wasn't it dreadful yeah you just touched on it there Gatland we're now looking forward to 2019 and he's, he's made the point you know last two years have been about rankings now he's about the World Cup well is there an argument it's two years too late because you look at the other te- international teams they've been putting these things in place from 2015 that's a valid point Ben I tend to agree with you look at Australia they're two this years is, down the road this now is, and their this development is, this is starting to show you maybe could have done with two years ago well, he couldn't have had all his youngsters. Oh, obviously, but, it, but this, yeah, this sort maybe of... Maybe the transition as soon as that taking place, uh, uh, t- um, took uh, place then, because uh, you can argue Wales have lost two years. They're two years behind the uh, Kubel. All Blacks have been developing. Um, you know, Hans has used a lot of players. Australia, Michael Jack has bloody heck of a lot of players. They're starting to show signs now. And South Africa have started this year, and they really... Um, they were in turmoil last year, but this year they've got together and starting to show some good signs. French have been on the go. England have been doing stuff, haven't they, with Eddie Jones, Scotland. So, uh, yeah, he's a good point, Ben. Maybe uh, perhaps Wales should have started this a while ago. Not worried about rankings. Because we kind of thought they had. They picked yeah. seven uncapped players, the Six Nations, and yet not one of them got a minute of the, on the field. Clearly, I suppose the whole rankings yeah. issue was infecting that, you know. Yeah. Especially, I think, you know, they, it was at one point we were fearing they were going to drop out of the top eight, so I guess they had to keep focusing on that. It meant the youngsters didn't get a go, so it meant they all had to be thrown in in the South Seas tour. That was about, was it, eight or nine players got capped out there, you know. I, was, I saw the game in Auckland when they played against Tonga, and quite a few of those players have now been retained. 
mm. within the squad. Yeah, so there's a lot of work to be done in not that long a time, mm. and which is why I think you will see the likes of Owen Watkins and these yeah. kids. Well, I, 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 I suppose, yeah, I suppose the flip side is you look at 2011 World Cup where we were brilliant, got the semi-final. The, a core of that team, the young players, they they came around post two thousand and nine lines. So I suppose hey, you know, you maybe look Gatlin at it, knows the time frame. You look at it: Warburton, Farato, Priestland, all these boys basically came in in the summer. Exactly. You know, the summer of the series. So yeah. uh, he's actually got a bit longer to work <laughs> yeah. with. Them. But I do think you, because of it, you will see youngsters get a lot of opportunities this autumn. I'm excited by watching about watching the likes of uh, Seb Davis or Adam Beard. Exactly. You know, one of those could perhaps uh, pack down and lock stages in this. Uh, Autumn and uh, Win Jones, the prop at the uh, Scala Salusad, he's done really well as well. He's another one, you know. I'm looking forward to, uh, to seeing those boys deserve places in the squad. Right, before we move on to the regional derbies, just a, a bit of fun. I think we'll pick the 15 to face Australia. It's a bit early. Yeah, uh, start, we'll start with the uh, Lucet. Um, Rob Evans, if fit. Yeah, you worry a little bit about Rob, don't you? Yeah, with, with the HIA, Rob if fit, if not Nicky Smith. But then when Jones is pushing hard, but I think given the experience, they would go with either Rob or Nicky because just for you know, it's a big ask to throw someone in for a big test like at the start. Yeah. Okay, okay. Ken Owens. Yeah. Ken Owens. Who said? Lucid, no tight end. Tight Ted coming up. Uh, so you need to sort out your loosers and your tight and your loosers. Tight Ted. I mean, I watched Thomas Francis play for Exeter the weekend. I think I would edge towards Samson Lee. I, w- I would definitely go for Samson Lee. Okay. Absolutely. Now on to the interesting stuff. Lock. I would go Seb Davis and Alan Wynne Jones. Uh, I agree with Simon for once. Very unusual. Nice balance, that. Indeed. It's a nice balance. The old war horse and the young kid. You could, Alan Wynn, more and more does the nitty gritty, horrible work. Seb Davis, fantastic with the ball in hand, very athletic, good combination. Yeah, he's good in attack. Yeah, and good if we are going to play this expansive game, we're going to need a lock. Yeah, we've talked about exactly. what it would be like in New Zealand, as everybody being able to pass the front five forwards, he, he can do it. Isn't he an ex-centre? Ex-centre. Tommy at his boyhood hero when he's growing up was Sonny Bill Williams, kind of says that he's not your usual type of for the second row, isn't it? He's playing the centre for Penturk, yeah. Right, back row. Justin Tippich, if fit, and South Lanka. Rupi Falatel right. at uh, number eight, and I think we must uh, we also must mention don't forget Wales are going to be without the uh, Ross Moriarty and Sam Warburton this campaign. So and uh, so, so playing the six seven combination of uh, Warburton and uh, Tippish can't do so six is a big decision. Who does he go for at number six? Um, Dan Idiot's back in uh, harness, and there's uh, Aaron Shingler. Uh, I think if you go on a six expansive game. And someone who is going to win you a lot of ball at the line out, very athletic, and all. Aaron Shingler's my man. I would go Falato, Tipperick, Shingler. I think they'll go Falato, Tipperick, Lydiat. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think we're all in, I think we're all in agreement on the pack there. So, yeah, first, onto the backs now, half backs. Um, I would personally go Daniel Bigger at 10. Oh, we talked about this amazing trick. I'd start Reese Webb. Reese Webb? Andy, despite saying that Webb shouldn't be in the squad because he's uh, unavailable for the World Cup, he is in the squad, and I'd be doing my utmost to try and persuade him to get out that too long contract. So as a consequence, I would start with him on those grounds. Plus, he is Wales' best scorer half by a, a considerable distance, in Moa's opinion. 
And your fly half was? Uh, Daniel Bigger. Daniel Bigger. Because okay. of his Lions performances. The centre. Well, I said already, I would go, um, yeah, I'd go in Owen Watkin and Jonathan Davis with the youngster, with the two experienced players either side of him. I'm going to say Owen Williams, give him a uh, give him a crack. He's been playing at a high level in uh, in England for a number of years with Leicester. No, Gloucester can play. Uh, he's got more experience of the 10 role as well. Uh, as 12 and I think having that experience of 10 can help uh, 12 dark horse there I would like to see against Georgia that Reese Patchell playing at 12 yeah Howley mentioned Patchell yeah. as an option at 12 yesterday when I was speaking to him um, back three yep. Steph Evans um, well, hang, Lee, hang on, hang on let me just stop you now I've forgotten about outside centre and Will's going to go into the match for 40 I first. said Jonathan Davis oh, I did you well. say Foxy um, did he? sorry sorry. apologise and I agree with you well, no, we, we, we won the taste. it's okay he never <laughs> listens to anything I say anyway right back three and the personnel for me picks itself it's Steph Evans it's Liam Williams and it's Lee Halfpenny the issue of course as usual will be yeah. who wears 14 and 15 out of Liam and Lee at the present Lee is wearing 15 for the Scarlets and uh, Liam's playing on the wing for the Saracens but they, you know, there's no point even trying to work what's going to happen because for years we've saying that Liam should play fullback and it didn't happen. Come the Lions to it, he played fullback. Um, <laughs> personally, I'd prefer to see Liam Williams at fullback and half Benny on the wing. Let's wait and see what happens. I don't like saying this, <laughs> but I'm going to have to agree with him again. <laughs> I would. Um, do you have half Benny on the wing then? Oh, I don't know. I'd, 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 you know what? I would, uh, if you're going to play this sort of brand of rugby, you're going to have to have William Williams at fullback. Though yeah. I've got reservations about his uh, his uh, his kicking game and his uh, connect and connecting, as they say, connectivity. With, uh, yeah, with other players that uh, you know, some people say that uh, a lot of coaches and all that you make a fantastic run and all, but he doesn't give the offload. So the age for he dies with the ball. It's interesting. Me, thousands have been playing him on the wing when he's been on. Uh, on fire half penny though of course he, uh, he first played on a wing and he's a really good winger yeah. and uh, I think you still need his goal kicking in the side and his defensive work and Lee half penny is also a really good uh, yeah, I think so I they, th- they both got to be in the pitch and, and Ste- uh, on the pitch and Steph Evans you know he, he's, he's got to play because he does the sort of job Shane Williams used to do for Wales and the Ospreys as he turns up all over the park and he makes things happen Yeah, I think Lee, will start, I think Lee will start the full back I think he will too. For me, I think you know Lee's Lee's starting to come into his own now. The Scarlets a bit because he's being forced to play on his instincts, and if you play him on the wing, that forces him more to play on his instincts. And I think that's probably why I'd be inclined to play him on the wing. Well, I agree with you. And another little thing, actually, hearing Tom Shanklin speak about him the other day, and he said, you know, he's a brilliant distributor of the ball, but he, he's not as comfortable passing on his off his left. Which probably suits him playing on the right wing more than fullback. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like it's like I think George North is a more of a right wing than a left wing. I think I think, so, it, I and think you can involve the right wing a lot more in the game because I, you work yeah. a blind side from scrums. I think it'll hinge upon how Wales want to play as a back yeah. three. You know, clearly they made a decision in uh, New Zealand that they wanted to have a counter attacking threat there. Liam fits in with that at fullback. If they want to play a more controlled game, they sort him. But then again, if they're talking about playing an ex- expansive 10-12 based game. You'd think that you would want your real strike runners. It, it's it, well, it's, it's one of the most interesting aspects of the selection. Yeah, right? well, Arpeni as well. He's also a very good support player. Whatever position he's playing, he turns up and all. They both do good. Both they both do good jobs. They're both top players, yeah. aren't they? It's it's a nice headache to have, isn't it? So uh, we'll move on from the Wales squad onto the regions. Uh, just apologise for the sound if you can hear footsteps. I think that's Matt Southcombe, isn't it? Uh, stalking the halls, trying to get the uh, mic back. I think it's Andy's fan club. I never heard of it. Oh, it's Andy's fan club, is it? There we go. Right. Do you mean a lynch mob? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
knee duration long tear, would you? <laughs> uh, we'll start with the Ospreys against the Dragons on Friday night at the Liberty. Um, some promising performances for the Ospreys in Europe, but yeah, that was a great game last weekend against Saris. I, I sat and watched that, you know, and uh, when you saw, you knew Lidget was out, and then you, you saw a minute before kick off, Tipperary thought, "Good luck, here, boys." <laughs> Against the European champions, um, but they were, they were absolutely outstanding. The Ospreys. I don't know where where did it come from? Where did it come from? It was almost like uh, it was a bit. You know, what it reminded me of it was the Wales England game in the World Cup, where as every successive 2015, the last oh, one, right, and they won it um, Wembley, uh, Twickenham rather. Um, as each successive injury blow struck, they sort of dug deeper, yeah. you know. And you had the one coming, I think it ended with a cross on the wing, you know, and it was all over the place. And yet they just kept on digging, kept on playing. And in fairness, it wouldn't have been, you know, a harsh result if they'd won because that penalty try that was given against Dan Evans, I thought uh, there was there was other instances over the weekend where. Very similar situations, and it was just a yellow card or just a penalty given. There was cover coming across. I think Haberfield or Finnefteer was coming across. It was a big call by the referee. I think Marius Matreya was there, you know, to, uh, to, to bin Dan Evans and give a penalty try. Take that out of the game. The Ospreys, I think, would have won. So, yeah, hugely encouraging from the Ospreys after a very difficult start of the season. Yeah, well, yeah. what's interesting for me is uh, this weekend now is we have um, these Lads are in the Wales squad, some will be going up against each other. You have a big chance for them in a derby. The intensity of a derby to push uh, claims uh, for selection is autumn. Elliot D, Liam Brown, Sam Cross, uh, Owen uh, Owen Watkin, uh, Adam Beard. You know, all all likely to be in action on uh, Friday night. And it's going to be strict. those boys will have a spring in there. Step and they're going to be uh, getting for it, aren't they? The problem the Dragons have got, they've suffered another back row injury. You know, Ollie Griffiths has broken his jaw. He's really made a real squad. Yeah. Real shame, you know. And they've obviously already without um, Nick Cudd for the season. Um, Harrison Keddie's out long term as well. Yeah. So they're really been stretched in that back row. Lewis Evans, a former he's coming back this weekend. Your mate. He's come back this weekend. <laughs> he's back this weekend, Lewis, and uh, of course he's come back at the right time, and he could have a big role to play for the. I spoke, uh, I spoke to Bernard Jackman this week, and he's uh, and you'll speak to him. He's very keen on Aaron Wayne, right? The young lad who's come from yeah. Cardiff Met. He's like, do you get a chance now? It's interesting. It's going to, you're going to get new players giving a go. I mean, Sam Cross is going to be out there. Obviously, he's a boy of uh, a man of Gwent. So that'd yeah. be a, that'd be a big game for him. An incredible week. He's had, described it to me as a, a whirlwind few days, bonkers and surreal. And now he's got a derby against his hometown region. It's fantastic. Yeah. Cut into the chase. Who's going to win the game? Ospreys only won once all season, but I, I, I'm, you know, I'm expecting them to uh, to win. Um, Dragons against the Blues. Dragons got found out in the second half. Their, uh, second half, their lack of uh, resources and depth, if you uh, like, and I expect the same thing to happen on Friday night. Ospreys have built. There were there was encouraging signs against Claremont. Heroic effort against Saracens. If they take aspects of those games in, you'd expect them to win against the Dragons. Mm. I suppose the only thing is now they are going in as favourites, while those other yeah, two games maybe so. it's just sort of. But they're getting the game together. Yeah, they should yeah. be used to that, you know. Yeah. They've won four league titles, come on. Yeah. Right, um, so we'll move on to the, uh, move on to the other game. That's the Saturday tall, night game. Yeah, yeah, it'll be tall, won't be doing this again. Uh, it's Scarlet against the Cardiff Blues. Uh, quite it, oddly, it's, it's the Scarlet's coming off. Two losses in Europe and the Blues flying. Two wins. Yeah, it's French you know, high quality competition, though, isn't it? Uh, Europe, well, you know. To uh, lose away, it's, it's, yeah, there's nothing yeah. to be sniffed at, isn't it? It's a strong yeah, to lose team. Yeah, it was strong to lose team. It's great for that. And uh, uh, the recent matches between the Scarlets and uh, Blues have been uh, wonderful games. 
to watch and the Blues have done uh, have got a pretty good record against them Judgment in, they, uh, they, they do in recent times they do sell out so I'm expecting another uh, cracking match um, people like Seb Davison all use a chance as well for those guys uh, Wales again you know get it forward uh, my old mate Adley Parks another chance to him Scott Williams if he plays he's going to have a big uh, point to prove Wynne Jones Ryan Elias missing out on Wales point to prove if he's involved um, so it should be another uh, cracking game but the Blues you know there was all that uh, um, all that doom and gloom before the season start of the season and all all of a sudden now when I say there's light at the end of the tunnel I would argue that they've started to deliver produce in recent weeks while they should have been producing all along because when you look at their squad they actually have got quite a talented uh, uh, squad I think this could be a crack of a match high scoring affair yeah I mean if you think about it half time against the Dragons two and a half weeks ago they were losing 21-10 and then they looked you know they were staring into the abyss no 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 they weren't staring let me finish you've had your say you've had your say he was his pan in the first half the Blues were going to win let's keep it still you've had your say you've had your say I listened to it all the time now listen at that point it had been an awful start to the season they'd only won one game up to that point out of five I think five or six there were all the issues off the field, Danny Wilson announcing he was leaving, um, quoting the fact that the, th- the, the three-year plan had changed in terms of the financial terms, all the issues about the ownership, what's going to happen there, all the issues about the lease of the Arms Park for ground development, everything was up in the air. It was, it, was, it, was, it was a problematic time. And then from that point, certainly on the field, there's been a rejuvenation. Came out in the second half, scored four tries in that second half against the Dragons, bonus point win beat Lyon at the top of the French uh, Championship uh, and then went out to Toulouse and achieved a really notable victory, one of the most notable by a Welsh region in Europe for a long time and thoroughly deserved as well. They, you know, they, they played exceptionally well and what was so encouraging was that a lot of it was based on youth. You had two young halfbacks in Thomas Williams and Jared Evans who ran the show against them in multi-millionaire squad. You had the, the starting, the end uh, front row of Ethan Lewis, uh, Brad Thayer and Dylan Lewis, average age of 23. You'd already had the 21-year-old Don Machowski out there. Great to see so much young talent coming through. Seb Davies came off the bench, another real impressive cameo. And um, so, gen- generally, generally, they, they, they were very, very um, impressive and deserved their win. So they're going to beat the pro... Uh Last year's Pro 12 champions this I, weekend. I think it's been a cracking game. It's a hard one to call, I think. Um, Let's hear it then. Which is why I'm going to ask you predictions. I mean, I'd expect that the Pro 14 champions at home to win, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Blues give them fright along the I way. I suppose one thing is, what's the weather forecast? Because the rain really did affect the Scarlets. The, the, men- the other man to mention, who was like, I thought was the man of the match personally for the, against Toulouse, was Ray Lilo. He's had a, he had a long summer it was uh, of international rugby with Samoa. He looked a bit jaded at the start of the season, but that was the old Ray Lilo of the weekend. They couldn't live with him. And it was kind of a, a, a tactically astute um, performance because they'd looked at Toulouse and the fact that they conceded more turnovers than any other side in the French top 14. So they planned on the basis of coming alive off turnovers. Toulouse didn't disappoint them. Their ball retention was appalling. Blues won a stack of turnovers and that just falls into the hands of the the likes of Matthew Morgan, Jared Evans, and Lilo, and, and, and Thomas Williams, and out wide, the, the Toulouse couldn't live with them. Let's see if uh, if um, if the Scarlets turn the ball over so much this weekend, and Mr. Uh, Ray Lilo <laughs> can live with the Lions man of the series, Jonathan Fox Davis. Yes, uh, I'm predicting the Scarlets to get back to winning ways this weekend. I think it'll be a cracking match, but I think the Scarlets could end up winning by about 10, 12 points. That's a bold prediction. 
Yeah, I think it's interesting to see what back row the Blues pick because Ollie Robinson has been a revelation for them this season coming in. And I think they, without uh, the Scarlets not having James Davis um, there, and there's a lot of, that puts a lot of pressure on Tad Byrne of the ball. Will, Will Boyd, excellent player. Will Boyd, will he play? What they do? Will he play eight? And Barkley, we're wondering what his situation He's named in the Scotland squad, but he hasn't played for a number of weeks. That back row battle is going to be crucial because you, you've got Nick Williams, powerful, he's coming back into it, Josh Navidis in the Welsh squad. So, yeah, it's, a, it's going to be a real contest there. Yeah, and he's looking at the watch. I've got, I've got to shoot off, I'm off to the uh, Dragons, off to the Dragons. Ronnie Parade to see Mr. Bernard Jackman. Neon. Liam Brown as well. Liam Brown. Lewis is a smashing fan. <laughs> well, there we go. On that, on that note, I think we'll uh, leave it there. That's. Uh, As I said, we'll leave it there. That's all for today on the Welsh Rugby Podcast. Uh, You can keep up to date with all the latest news from the two derbies and the Wales squad on Wales Online.